Hello, welcome to the new Dalham History Podcast. Along the way, there'll always be games and jokes, but mainly this is serious history. Well, as serious as me and Gribbing get. Yeah. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the new Dallam History Podcast episode, whatever it is. 16? I have no idea. We've no. lost count. We've recorded so many over the last <laughs> few days and um, <laughs> not put them anywhere yet. You are going to get hit with so many podcasts. Um, oh, wait a second. All right, Governor. <laughs> apples and pears, apples and pears. Welcome to Whitechapel. <laughs> We're going today be covering what was Whitechapel like? Um, well, we're going to go into some details about what kind of places people lived in, what the sort of area was like, what kind of problems there were, why people were so scared of crime, that sort of stuff. Exactly. We're not going to try and do the whole of Whitechapel nope. in one podcast because that would be mental. What we're just doing is setting the scene for, yeah, the environment because that's what the first part of Paper One's all about and we realised we've never done a podcast about it. What type of question are we doing, Gribs? We are going to do a how do you follow up a source question because that's the one that yeah it's not a great question but there's certain ways to answer it that you can get all four marks i can guarantee by the end of this podcast you will all be able to get at least two out of four marks (laughs) (laughs) optimism i like it indeed shall we begin yes okay so (laughs) first up what was white chapel actually like oh you know where was it um It's located in the east end of London, just outside the city of London. Um, And it was an inner city area of poverty, a place where lots of different types of people lived, many of whom were very, very poor. Um, Some parts were known as rookeries, which is an area filled with lodging houses in which some of London's poorest people lived with, um, you know, terrible overcrowding, poor conditions. Um, They might have spent only one or two nights in in each place um, just trying to earn enough money day by day to eat and stay for their next night's sleep. Yeah, it's... This is a, a microcosm of the problems which face London, actually face the country nationally. You've got a real divide in society. You've got the people in charge being almost scared of what is happening behind the scenes and uh, in the dark alleys of, of Whitechapel in London. Um, there's a few key areas that you need to know about within Whitechapel because they might come up in the sources and they're specified in the um, indicative content on the uh, syllabus so one of them is the ten bells pub um it's uh a place where you'd have got victims of crime and criminals mixing i think some of uh Jack Ripper's victims even used to frequent that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, Mary Kelly, which she was the last of the Ripper's victims, she drank at the Ten Bells on the evening that she was killed. Um, yeah. So there were pubs like the Ten Bells with stop-off points for prostitutes looking for clients and for thieves and robbers looking for people to steal from. Oh, and it's on the corner of Flower and Dean Street. That's another one of the locations you need to know about. Uh, it's got lots of rookeries on it, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's a well-known area of... Um, of sort of poverty and it was uh, in the 1871 census there were 902 lodgers staying in 31 DOS houses so that's incredibly overcrowded and some of the houses dated back to about 1600 in terrible conditions falling down you know some of them were being kept up by um, massive uh, bits of wood that were just supporting them in the street Um, outside toilets but buckets and pots were used indoors uh Families moved on after a few days or weeks, maybe because they couldn't afford the rent or maybe because they wanted, you know, somewhere a little bit better to live. Yeah, this is where you end up the step before just being a homeless person wandering the streets, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a pretty bad reputation. It's um, associated with um, thieves, 
drunkards, prostitutes. Um, so, yeah, it was seen as a sort of vicious, semi-criminal area if you reference uh, Charles Booth's poverty map. Indeed, yeah. Um, really good for colourblind people, um, <laughs> as I believe most of the colours vary between black and red. Yeah, all on the red spectrum. Yeah, yeah. cracking. <laughs> Word from your mock exam uh, coming up next in the Where to Know About in Whitechapel, because it's the Whitechapel Workhouse. Um, yeah, and workhouses were sort of the last resort for many people. Um, you were you went to the workhouse if you could no longer afford a bed uh, to stay in for the night anywhere else. It's better than being out in the streets, particularly at the time of the Ripper murders. You don't want to be out in mm -hmm. the streets. Uh, if you were too young, too old, too unwell to work, you went to the workhouse. And the idea was you got a bed for the night, but then the next day you have to work. And it's all segregated. Children kept away from um, their families, husbands and, husbands and wives separated for the night. You're not allowed to speak to one another while you're doing the work. Um, and the, the idea is that you'd be picking oakum, uh, you might be cleaning um, cloth and bedding from local hospitals. So not pleasant work at all no however they did tend to have infirmaries so if you were sick it might be actually quite a good place to go because they'd be able to look after you um the rules were very harsh so you know again they were supposed to do um particularly hard labor and they could be asked to work in the kitchens or clean the workhouse um it's something being an easy ride yeah isn't it? Um, however, one thing to point out, which uh, came up in, I think it was last year's exam, actually, that it was like two features of a workhouse, whatever it was. Um, they are not dirty. No. They are kept clean because they're run by the local authority. So they're not like the estates that people would live on in poverty. The basic, yeah, but they're clean. They're clean. So disease doesn't spread. Hygiene is, um, you know, good. Um, yeah, so it doesn't have the same features as other accommodation in Whitechapel. Um, moving down the road a little bit, you've got the Peabody Estate. If you came on the tour, um, the Year 10s and a few Year 11s, yep. uh, I know my group, we'd pass by the uh, local Peabody Estate. These were fantastic. Um, uh, American entrepreneur slash philanthropist set them up, didn't he? The idea being that if people have nice housing... Um, and they're living in small family groups, then they're more likely to behave. And you have to get like a set of references from people who could say that you were a, a law-abiding citizen. And the idea was that the flats were sort of, again, pretty simple, mm. a communal kitchen, communal toilets, but far better quality housing than the slums that had been in the area before yeah it was part of the sort of process of slum clearance which meant that they were getting rid of all the terrible appalling you know uh disgusting housing and replacing it with um uh well better housing that people could live in um the scheme was quite expensive so it did have a knock-on effect that um, the rents were probably too high for many of the people who'd lived in that area before. Um, and tenants who got behind with their rent were immediately thrown out. So improvements actually caused more overcrowding in other areas because people moved out There's to the same areas. suitable yeah. housing. Uh, I think it's the second uh, ripper victim, uh, not in the Peabody estate in Whitechapel, but had lived in one of the Peabody oh. estates. Uh, she was evicted due to... Probably having an affair with a guy in the uh, flat next door while her husband was away, and also from being an alcoholic, mm. which alcohol was forbidden in, in the Peabody Estate. In, oh. in the Peabody Estate. So yeah, there you go. The, these places all connect. 
So moving on to, we've talked about the locales. Now what Whitechapel was actually like, it's it's Victorian people and their fear of crime. Um, yeah, so, you know, there is a lot of poverty, but there are a lot of different issues that are caused by sort of like overcrowding, high rents, insecure, low paid work, um, you know, living under the threat of homelessness. And so there's lots of different things that crop up that make sort of the criminal element more difficult to control, but also make people more afraid of crime. So um, there's this Victorian idea of a criminal underclass. So the Victorians had were convinced that there was, you know... People were born into it. it yeah. Was part of their makeup. They were natural criminals, sometimes called a residuum, and they were sort of born to steal and lie and rob. Um, and it was thought they were attracted to hardworking people and lived off them like parasites. Yeah. Um, so the idea was that y- you get poor quality housing because of the people who live there, not necessarily the... the Housing leads to people struggling. Yeah. It's the, the people create the environment rather than the environment creates the people. Um, so lodging houses and pubs are seen as um, places that crime is transmitted. Um, so people live alongside criminals and become infected with the, the problems. Yeah, so we've got habitual criminals who are those people that basically crime is their livelihood and they're worried about them being in contact with sort of decent poor people and influencing them to find lives of crime. Yeah. Um, Drink is the big problem in Whitechapel. Addiction to alcohol certainly leads to some people committing crimes, um, but at the same time, it it probably exacerbates some of the, the... the problems of dealing with crime because well if you if you are drunk you make yourself more vulnerable so therefore you're more likely to be a victim of yeah. crime but also if you're you know if you have a problem with alcoholism witnesses that you're calling on are also unreliable yeah it, it causes the problems and it is the problem itself we have to be careful as well that a lot of the reports and sources that we get from the time are written by the well-to-do so some of the people who are being accused of being <laughs> drunks or even being prostitutes often aren't. It's just that people are trying to explain why the area is the way it is. So we have to be careful to take the evidence as uh, maybe slightly biased. Yeah. I mean, there's also other problems in Whitechapel, like the problem of uh, immigration. So you get... Um, <laughs> Um, it's it's been a place that attracts immigrants. So there's jobs, there's cheap places to sleep. And um, it's particularly for Irish and Eastern European Jews. There were also communities of similar people who were already there. Um, Irish immigration had been happening since the early 1800s. Potato famine. Yeah. And there, by the time we're looking at in the 1880s, there's well-established Irish lodging houses and Irish workers dominated many of the docks, the dock areas for working. If we've got any of the year 12s or 13s mm. listening in, because we like to think that you listen to other episodes than just the ones linked to your topic. Important for you as well is this links into the pogroms of Nicholas II. No, not Nicholas, Alexander, Alexander II. II. Um, lots of the persecuted Jews from Russia come to London about yeah. this time, don't they? Um, around Actually, around 30,000 arrived in London between 1881 and 1891. Wow. They find it harder to integrate as well because um, they don't speak the same language, but also they have different cultural traditions such as religious holidays and the Sabbath rituals, which means you can't... Well, you're you, working on a Saturday. Yeah, you can't work on a Saturday. Um, 
As a result of this, lots of recent Jewish immigrants found themselves working for more established Jewish employers, often working in sweatshops, um, making clothes and shoes. And all this meant that Jewish people were segregated and were a bit of a target for... Which is um, hard for the police because people are more than happy to report on the foreigners in the area being the cause of crime and banding together to have a little bit of a British... um, Yeah, it causes a lot of tension in the area. Yeah. Um, Linked to the Irish immigration, you've also got the issue of, um, well, partly it's because of the Catholic religion. People see them as being different from the English Protestants, but also uh, the Irish nationalists at that time were really working with the uh, Fenian um, terrorist Mm. uh, actions. So this area was um, targeted um, as a, a breeding ground for some of these terrorists in England. Yeah, they're like the precursors to the IRA, aren't they? They mm. want home rule for Ireland, so they want independence from England, basically. Uh, if you've ever watched Peaky Blinders, uh, is it series two where there's the the Irish uh, Fenians that they get involved in, got, get involved with in Birmingham? Yeah. So the the Fenian element goes all the way through to sort of like the um, you know, 1880s, 1890s, 1900s, sort of post-World War One as well. You say that. I've heard my grandfather-in-law talk about Fenians yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a, you know, a hot topic in the area at the time. And so there is elements of, you know, terrorist and organised crime as well. Certainly for policing, there's bomb yeah. threats and all sorts, isn't there, that yeah. the police have to deal with, which is new yeah. for this new group to try and keep law and order in place. The fact that they're dealing with early terrorism from the off. Yeah. Um, also, you've got the um, Jewish immigration. Um, they bring different political ideas. So you've got some Russian revolutionaries. So things like socialism, um, which the um, powers that be don't really like because socialism says you take everything off everyone and share it out equally. Rich people don't <laughs> like left-wing politics. Um, so, yeah, they don't really like that idea. And that's quite... Uh, worrying for them all these the combination of all these problems makes it really difficult to change Whitechapel because mm. you've got all this going on at the same time uh, Jewish people are blamed for one of the um, murders as well aren't they Annie Chapman it yeah. says on the wall that the Jews are those who will not be blamed for nothing with like 14 negatives in it <laughs> you're not quite sure whether the uh, yeah and then it was was it cleaned off or painted over by the police before they uh, yeah one of the forces is it yeah. the Met wipe yeah. it off so that it doesn't cause uh a rise tensions. in racial tensions, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other group we didn't mention is the anarchists. Oh, yeah. Anarchists have uh, started to become a thing too. They're looking for um, a, a removal of law and order, essentially, aren't they? They, they think that the, the powers that be are too controlling and they want... Yeah, and around this time, around just sort of 1850s, 1880s, you get a sort of rise in the working population mm. fighting for more rights. So the idea of anarchism is really concerning for the government. And, you know, when we talk about crime and punishment, we often reference like the French Revolution and, and that being a factor. But actually, you've got, you know, increasing uh, work of trade unions and an increasing call for like, you know, widening the voting rights and all that sort of stuff. So mm. it concerns the government that there's pockets of this in Whitechapel as well. It's just, it's a lost area mm. really, isn't it? The government does not know what to do to help, but they also don't really want to let it continue. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a really tough one for the, for the government and the, and the authorities. Two truths, one lie. 
two Whitechapel truths and one lie. Hmm, this could be interesting. Okay, so is it true that all of the murders associated with Jack the Ripper took place at the weekend or in the early morning? Ooh, that's an interesting fact. Okay. Or possibly not. Or possibly not. Is it true that there was proof gathered by the doctor performing an autopsy on one of the victims that Jack the Ripper was left-handed? Oh, I think I've heard that before. Okay. Is it true that Jack the Ripper's last murder in the canonical five took place in November 1888? Oh, when were the murders? I think the November one's a lie because I don't think it was that late. It's true. Oh, is it the uh, weekend and mornings one? No, that one's true as well. Whoa, no way. The, the um, doctor declared that Jack was left-handed, but no scientific grounds. He just said it. I might be left-handed. Probably no something to do with left-handed people used to be associated with. Sinister, like, isn't yeah. it? Um, so November 1888 was right. That's Mary Jane Kelly. Uh, and all of them on the weekend or in the early morning. Mm. So he obviously worked in the afternoons. <laughs> Or he visited London for the weekend, meal, show, got a whole... Murder, yeah. Can't do that now, though. Coronavirus. (laughs) No having meals, no No shows. Can you still gut whores? Um, Well, not legally, but he didn't do it legally either. Boris hasn't said we can't. Yeah, there we go. There we go. (laughs) Tech, tech, technique time. So, it's the how to follow up a source technique that we're going to look at now. Yeah, so in this one, you'll get it set out in your exam paper with what they want you to do. So, it will say, detail in source, whatever I would follow up, and it will give you, and it will give you a couple of lines to fill it in. Then it will say, question I would ask, what type of source I could use, how this might help my question. If you get the first two, you can get two marks. Yeah. If you don't get the first two, you get no marks. It is like a bonus multiplier in that respect. Yeah. Now, Gribbin is the expert at these, as she's marked thousand <laughs> for the exam board. I'm going to read the source. Gribbs is going to tell you how you would follow up the source. Okay, so the I'm going to read the question first. Okay. So it will be for a particular inquiry yeah, as well. You've so you've got ref- to relate it to the inquiry. Um, and this question is, how could you follow up source B, which you will hear in a moment, uh, to find out more about the causes of crime in Whitechapel? Okay. B source. Very waspy. Sorry, source B. So this is from Crimes and Its Causes, which is a book by Mr. W.D. Morrison, who was a clergyman, published in 1891. Habitual criminals are not to be confused with the working or any other class. They are a set of persons who make crime the object and business of their lives. To commit crime is their trade. They deliberately scoff at honest ways of earning a living. Okay, so the question's asking us for how would we follow up uh, this source to find out more about the causes of crime in Whitechapel. So this is quite a tricky one, actually, because the source isn't that long. Um, But I would pick up on the detail 
which should be a quote if it's a um, written source. If it's a picture, you can pick out a detail mm. in the picture. Um, I would pick out the phrase habitual criminals. Okay, and the question I would ask would be, are there a lot of habitual criminals in Whitechapel? Um, what type of source can I use? Well, I could use um, H Division police records from the 1890s in Whitechapel. Uh, it has to be specific. Um, and then how might this help answer my question? Well, it might tell me if there were lots of career criminals and so therefore there were lots of people passing on um, criminal in, in intelligence and working together to you know cause more crime in Whitechapel. Mm -hmm. Lovely answer. What tends to go wrong from the ones I've read in the examiner's reports, students deciding that they are not linking together so talking about one thing at the start and another thing at the end, uh, students saying that they're going to use a source such as the internet or an interview with a person, yeah. so things that either don't exist or aren't specific enough. It has to be a historical source, so it has to be something like a map or a report or a police records or a census, something that's official and it has to be specific. So you can't just put police records, it would have to be Whitechapel police records. Mm. Um yeah, like uh, Howard said, you can't interview the person that's in the source because they're most definitely dead and Google doesn't count as a source. It really doesn't. And don't say you'll use source A to look at source B or, or vice versa. the rest of source B. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't work. You need another source. Yeah. But you should be able to get two marks because you can all pick out a detail that you want to follow up and a question that you'd ask. Yeah. It might be that thinking of a source that you'd find an answer to it is a step too far, but everyone should be aiming for 50% on this one. Absolutely. Where else can I go? So, where else can we go? Well, we can't go anywhere because we're on <laughs> lockdown. You, all you can do is look online. You can't go to Whitechapel because that's... Uh, non-essential travel kids yeah also careful uh when um getting into a a, a youtube what's it called like a youtube <laughs> oh, rabbit yeah. hole of jack the ripper not go down the rabbit hole um, of murderers whilst you're off school yeah. and can't check in with adults i mean there is a never-ending stream of of jack the ripper um things to watch um but just have a sort of a watchful eye on on you know, who's made them and how official they are. And also don't get confused with the Yorkshire Ripper. Oh, yeah. Different person. <coughs> they is caught he alive? him. Or did he die a few years ago? I feel like he is not alive, but you hit it into Google Gribs. He's um, not dead. Which suggests that he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> Power Google egg Gribs. Just for the benefit of those people who can't see what's happening... Grabin is now going down the rabbit hole of the Yorkshire Ripper. She's already on to his spouse, Sonia. I went to a wedding. Is this the one that's on the Yorkshire Moors? I went to a no, wedding. No, that's in... the Brady, isn't it? Yeah, it could have been. Where was it? Because the Smith songs are all about the Birds. Moors murders. Bradford, Halifax. Anyway, I don't care. As Gribbin names places Sorry. in Yorkshire. <laughs> I'm going to suggest some of the places where gonna, you can find We're going to edit out. this shit out. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's go. yeah. So, recent one. Um, back in April, there was Jack the Ripper, The Case Reopened, which has got that woman on Silent Witness doing it. There's all sorts of bodies on the slab that they virtually uh, investigate. It's supposed to be good, that. I've I not watched, yet it. watched it. Was it very good? Um, my class enjoyed it. We, mm. we watched the, the gruesome bits, cut out the historical bits. 
Um, There's also one called The Unmasking of Jack the Ripper, which is yeah, recommended yeah. on the official Jack the Ripper tour website. <laughs> so it must be good. Um, Definitely. There's the Vic Rees one that you've probably seen in school, but Watch it's quite it again good. while you're off. And there's the Rory... What's his name? Rory... Bremner. No, is it? No, he's the impressionist, isn't he? The other one. The Rory ginger, McGrath. The ginger one. He does one as well, doesn't he? Rory McGrath. Yeah, he yeah. does one. Yeah. It's the one where they uh, get a man to shout at him in the street and then they doesn't later try to put him yeah, in an identity yeah. parade. It's quite good. Yeah, that Proves some of the tech. That one's quite good in Prompt finding like yeah techniques that the police used. Te- 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 technique of policing. Um, film wise, from hell, from bit of Johnny hell. Depp. Yeah, it's good a good film. one. Let you know the dangers of opiates. Um, although I've got to say, my problem with that film, and if you can bring yourself to do it, kids, please read the five, um, the book. Um, all about the victims. One, it's perfect for crime and punishment. Two, it sets out Whitechapel in a really easy to understand way and gets you involved in the the lives of poor people at that time. But three, it makes you realise that they weren't all prostitutes. Yeah. And that film makes them out to all be prostitutes, which is where I always thought they were prostitutes from, I think. I've said prostitutes too many times. <laughs> okay, that's where you can find more. <laughs> I'm cutting you off before you say prostitutes anymore. Um, there's also the one, there's an older film. It's got the butler out of Batman in it. Oh, uh, Michael Caine. Only supposed to blow the bloody whores off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's called Jack the Ripper. Okay. Oh, no, it was a TV miniseries. Yeah, ITV, from I think. 1988. Yeah. I don't know if you'll be able to find that online anymore. I think I remember watching it, hopefully not when I was five. You were five in 1988. I was five in 1988. Man, you old. I wasn't even born. But it was years after it happened. <laughs> joke time! So, Gribs, Jack the Ripper jokes. There's loads of them floating about. Uh, you going to take a stab at one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with what fish terrorises the seabed. What fish terrorises the seabed? Jack the Kipper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jack the Ripper walks into a bakery. Okay. Says he could murder a tart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you win the joke this week. Got any more? Got any more? Um, What do Winnie the Pooh and Jack the Ripper have in common? What do they have in common? Same middle name. (laughs) (laughs) No. Jack the Ripper and a lovely young lady were taking a stroll through the streets of Whitechapel. As it started getting darker, the lady got closer to Jack and said, Stay close to me. I'm scared of the dark. Jack replied, You're scared? I'm the one who has to walk home alone. <laughs> Murder. Uh, um, uh, so That's it for this podcast. That is. Um, who knows when we'll meet again, Gribbin? I know. Could be weeks. Could, could be months. <gasps> could be never. Um, wow. Keep working hard, kids. Um, I'd say stay in school, but that's not open to you. <laughs> stay in virtual school. Stay in virtual school, kids. Um, yeah, message us if you need any help with anything. I've Love never teacher. seen a teacher, Naruto, until you've <laughs> seen the Easter revision. Well, it's goodbye from her. And goodbye from him. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>